Hello and welcome to the Back to Nature podcast. I'm Shannon and I'm here with Katie. We're your co-hosts for the podcast and today we're going to be talking all about social media. Now this is a, a hot topic for sure, something of a controversial one, because while social media is something that the vast majority of us engage in, there's also a lot of concern about its potentially destructive impacts on uh, mental health, on children's social development, um, on our connectivity to each other in the real world, which is somewhat ironic, I suppose, because social media is, is designed to connect us, yet it has this paradoxical effect of leading to, to loneliness and feelings of isolation and other mental health problems and this is especially the case among the younger generation I think. So I'm going to start by uh, talking about something which I witnessed which just really got me thinking about social media and smartphone use and its impact on, on young people this was quite un, unsettling for me, I suppose. It, it was just a an everyday scene while I was out out and about. I was in a I was in a fast food restaurant and I noticed um, a group of young teenagers around the the table next to me, probably thirteen or fourteen. I saw there was one boy who was just crying quietly to himself um, and he just looked really upset and somewhat angry as well um, and, and and the other kids his friends presumably were bent over their phones and their faces were quite blank they seemed quite oblivious to their friend and 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 his obvious emotional distress one of the girls was facing away from the rest of the group and I could see she was scrolling really furiously through her phone um, and then and then another girl uh, was trying to energize the group, it seems. She 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 stood up and kind of walked around the table and then she came over to the to the girl who was scrolling and placed a hand on her shoulder um, and was trying to clearly trying to engage her, but the the girl who was on her phone was literally just struggling to peel her eyes away from the from the screen. Um, and then after that I I locked eyes with the the boy who was crying and just felt this moment of connection with him, I guess. And I, I really felt that, you know, that I felt his, I don't know, he, it was, it was a moment of, of empathy, I think. And I just felt that he felt it too. And then a few moments later, the kids just got up and, and left and just looking really disconnected from, from one another. And that was it. Um, and just, I just, couldn't stop thinking about it and it just made me think about how there's actually quite a stark difference between the the younger members of my generation and the and the older members you know those born in say you know around between 2005 and 2010 compared with you know 1995 and 2000 or something you know, there's only a few years between us, but I think because social media and, and smartphones were, you know, so pervasive, you know, when those teens were approaching adolescence and phones and social media were so so normalised and from a from a younger age, that's that's meant that 
you know, we've just got very different outlooks and priorities and, and we socialize in such a different way, I think. Definitely. And I think being the age that we are, we have quite a unique perspective on the topic of social media because when we were growing up, we got to see social media increase in popularity. And when we were the same age as those teenagers, things like Snapchat and Instagram were all relatively new. And I think, you know, the most popular social media at that time was something like BBN, which is pretty much non-existent now. But as we have grown up, um, I've definitely noticed kids um, getting more and more engrossed in social media and at younger ages too. Uh, For instance, when I was in year seven, I didn't even have a phone at that point. I think I only got it around the beginning of year eight. And, you know, it was something that was kind of seen as like a luxury. um, And it was like a massive honor to get your first phone. But now I see year sevens, they've just instantly got a phone and they got one at a younger age. And it's just crazy to me how dependent kids are on mobile phones And I do understand that, you know, as technology has evolved, there are reasons why kids will be getting at a younger age, but it just seems to be getting to the stage now where they're kind of dependent on it. And, you know, it's starting to affect emotional development. And so it's kind of worrying how this may affect them in years to come and what our generation will be like when we're adults. Yeah, I'm I'm quite curious to see what the what the effects will be down the line in terms of, you know, how these the teenagers of today I suppose are going to function as as adults and whether chronic social media usage and uh, using it from such a young age and screen time uh, you know what what effect that's that's going to have because you know I th- I think it's more it's more pervasive than we than we think because even when you know teenagers young teenagers today and and even you know kids you know 10 or 11 year olds even when they're socializing and hanging out they've always got their phones on them you know they're always they can't seem to communicate without without reference to their to their phones at least just from my observations you know that that seems to be the case although i'm sure it's not necessarily uniform across across the entire population but you know it's 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 obvious there's a there's been a big shift with gen z i guess it would be called i mean are we are we gen z or is or is the generation before us gen z yeah we are so is there a, a gen that's that were born after us gen x Gen X, yeah, 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 I guess that's it, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Gen X is before millennials. Oh, right, okay. So that's like two before us. I see. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're Gen Alpha. This is 2010 plus kids. Gen Alpha, right, okay. Gen Alpha. Well. <laughs> God, they keep coming up with really weird names, don't they? I do definitely think there's a, you know, a really stark difference between the way Gen Alpha socialise and interact and the way Gen Z, our generation, socialise with, with one another. And, and I think that is largely, you know, a result of, of uh, social media and smartphone use. And yeah, as, as you say, who knows, down the, down the line, perhaps we're going to observe the impact of this in, you know, an increase in, in mental health problems and 
difficulties, you know, forming relationships, perhaps uh, worsened ability to collaborate in the in the workplace, for example. You know, because there there are so many studies showing that social media really does hinder social development because you know less time is spent socializing in person um and because because so much time is spent in the in the online world it it distorts their perception of of reality i guess and the virtual world it is virtual and it is unreal but but they treat it as real i suppose um and, and, and that's what seems to be the the insidious thing to me i think as well aside from the fact that social development is hindered uh with excessive social media use another important and concerning thing for me is how i don't think you get to know yourself as well and you don't connect with who you really are i think things like social media put too much emphasis on appearance and this kind of false persona that you have of yourself Um, and because of that you're showing a really superficial side of yourself and by playing into that more and more you're going to focus more of your time into upkeeping um, this sort of facade and I don't think you spend as much time really getting to know the sort of hobbies that you enjoy Um, and I think maybe that also plays into why we see higher rates of depression and anxiety in people who spend too much time on social media because you're taking away from that really crucial alone time the time spent relaxing in the sort of real world Mm, exactly yeah 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 because social media I guess is is unnatural because it's because it's unreal Um, and I guess that's why we would argue that spending a bit less time on social media would constitute going going back to nature connecting with our most authentic natural selves through just being with ourselves in the real world I guess rather than getting so engrossed in this in this virtual world which becomes very real in your in your mind with with quite toxic effects because that that world as you say is so superficial you create this idealized version of yourself I guess and people who are liking and commenting on your on your posts or looking at your story you know that gives you a little dopamine rush but that appreciation isn't appreciation of the authentic natural you it's appreciation of the superficial idealized you and the exchange of comments and compliments and likes on social media it's it's all quite transactional because there's often this expectation that that you'll get some some validation in return you know and and that just seems quite quite shallow You, you end up not really living in the in the moment you know when you're socializing your mind will drift to the possibility of photos which can be put on social media story or posted up on your wall or whatever Um, and it's it's not necessarily something that I know people explicitly acknowledge this this kind of desire to I guess show off you know to show that you're socializing and having fun and living a good life but that's that's exactly what social media is you know showing the the best parts of your of your life and you know I I 
do this as well I, I definitely do this sometimes and you know I kind of fall fall prey to that um kind of psychological draw I suppose um of, of you know this feeling of validation that you that you get uh you know it's 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 addictive and it's and it's designed to be definitely the worst part for me as well is that without realizing it we all feed into this just by posting pictures of your friends for a nice meal that you went out for, you're showcasing the more exciting, happy and glamorous sides of your life. And you don't really show the not so pretty aspects that everybody experiences. And so it kind of creates this image that everybody's life is perfect. And so if you feel like you're not in that state of mind or you feel like your life doesn't match that of everybody else's then I think it can really amplify feelings of isolation for people it's designed to connect us but actually tends to have the opposite effect and actually leaves us disconnected and feeling isolated and to tie back into the story that you told at the start I mean not only is it affecting kids who spend their time in this virtual world but it's become so ingrained in our society and our socialising that even those who aren't engaging with social media are still feeling the effects of it. Yeah, yeah, so true. And I think this isolation that you talk about, which is um, this paradoxical effect of, of social media, is is reflected in the in the mental health crisis that we're that that young people in in particular and, and, and teenagers are, are facing. I think this is reflected particularly and most starkly and most saddeningly in, in uh, you know, teen suicide rates. I mean, I saw in a, an article I read in the, in the Guardian that 7% of UK children have attempted suicide by the age of 17, which just seems a, sh- a shocking figure to me. And, I think particularly among among teenage girls this this figure is is particularly high and it's uh, and it's been increasing you know year on year on year and, and rates of of self harm as well like I think suicide is is really closely linked to to feelings of of loneliness and isolation and disconnection with the self you know although it's hard to trace a definite causational link between social media use and and the increase in the in the suicide rate and and mental health problems generally i think that you know based on what we know about the effects of social media and and and, and how it's designed and 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 just our own you know ex- experience of it i think we can say that there's that there's a link there i'm sure it's a i'm sure it's a complex issue there are you know, a number of factors, not not least just the, the increasing pressures of modern life as our society becomes more and more pressurising and overstimulating and materialistic. But, you know, social media is, is definitely a big part of that. I, I think another another part of this story as well is is the the fact that social media use and, and, and smartphone use and time on screens generally means that children and teens are, are not only disconnected from 
from themselves but you know they're also literally disconnected from from nature and from the natural outside world um obviously the diminishing number of green spaces contributes to that as well um and the fact that most live in very urbanized environments but i think definitely technology plays and social media particularly plays plays a big role in that as well i mean I think 75% of UK children spend less time outdoors than prison inmates, which just seems ridiculous. Um, but I suppose when you think about the fact that you know prison inmates at least have allocated time outdoors, it makes sense in a way, but it's also shocking. And I also saw a statistic that kids spend half as much time outside as their parents did when they were their age. And spending time outside is just so important, especially at a young age, because not only does it help physical development, such as improving your vision and your immune system, it also has very uh, important mental effects, such as increasing your creativity, relieving stress, um, improving focus in short-term memory. And then quite critically, and I think we're seeing the effects of this as well, people spending less time outside, it aids in things like weight management. And so by kids spending more time inside, less time outdoors, perhaps that could have been, or that could be quite a strong contributing factor to the child obesity rates that we see these days. I think there's certainly a, a correlation there between the increasingly sedentary lifestyles that that young people are, are leading and technology and therefore the obesity crisis, as you say. And I think the the pandemic has actually really laid this bare because during during the pandemic, obviously, because of lockdown, um, you know, we've spent much more time indoors, probably more time on, on technology and children have spent less time, even less time uh, outdoors in in nature. Um, and there's been quite a, you know, a, a stark increase in obesity levels among among children. I mean, even in 2018 and 2019, the the obesity rate among reception children, sorry, obese or overweight, was 23 um, percent, and then this rose to 27.7 percent during the the pandemic years, so 2020 and 2021, and then among 11 to 12 year olds is is even more shocking so 35.2 percent obese or overweight in 2019 to 2020 which is already a pretty shocking figure and then during the pandemic that went up to 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 41 percent and sadly I think this this trend is going to continue I think the pandemic has just exaggerated a trend that's that that's already happening i think we're, we're going to continue spending more time indoors less time outdoors due to the increasing pervasiveness of smartphones and social media is 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 a, is a part of that i think the sad part is as well that social media can actually be used for good you know, you can reach so many people in such a short amount of time and you can create a platform for positive change and you can also meet like-minded people who have similar interests to you and you're not geographically constrained. And so there are so many 
positive things that come out of it. There's education platforms as well. And I know that when I was younger, I relied quite heavily on some YouTube accounts that tailored towards GCSEs. And so, like I said, it really can be used for good. The main issue is, however, that the algorithm of social media is tailored to grab our attention as much as possible and to try and maintain our interest in the app for as long as possible too. And so that's where the issue lies, because I think if you can be disciplined with social media, it's not as bad, but that is the problem. It's far too difficult to be disciplined with that. And so I think that's why we're seeing increases in social media addiction and the issues associated with social media as well. And it is such a shame, but I guess that's just the reality of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's social media is designed to be addictive. And I do agree with you that it has the potential to to be, you know, a force for good and, and a means of channeling social activism, for example, or spreading a message or for education, or even just, you know, a harmless source of humor and entertainment. But unfortunately, I think it's become something much more insidious than that and addictive and damaging because it's it's in the interests of the of the big social media giants for it for it to be that way because the longer we we spend on social media the more time we're exposed to the advertisements which are generating them vast amounts of revenue and naturally they're going to want to put a lot of time and energy and money into developing these apps so that they hook us for as for as long as possible you know we we think of social media as as free but actually we're we're paying those companies with our with our time so that they're getting profit through through advertising and that that that's kind of how it works really i watched the, the social dilemma recently on on netflix which is a a fascinating but somewhat chilling documentary which is exploring exactly this how social media is is designed to be to be addictive and it, and it features these interviews with former silicon valley em, employees and their experiences of of working at places like facebook and, and google and and instagram and they're unlikely to to change their practices on on ethical grounds because they have no interest in in doing that and that's just how capitalism works i suppose uh it's and it's hard to enforce those kind of ethical standards because it's you know it's quite a a gray area and it's just become so so pervasive now in our lives and it's it's going to be quite hard to, to undo those those effects even on a more personal level I mean, I myself started to find myself getting too engrossed in social media. And a couple of years back, I would spend a lot of time just scrolling mindlessly through Instagram and Facebook. And so I couldn't find that discipline that we talked about earlier to stop myself from doing that. And so I found that the best way to overcome this was to just simply delete the apps and since deleting them, I have to say it feels like I'm you know, somewhat more freed from this. And there are just subtle things that you don't realize you start to give more value to 
um, when you are more engaged in social media and when you step away from it you can reconnect with the things in life that actually matter more and you no longer spend time with friends and feel the urge to post it and show what a great time you're having and you just spend time in the moment enjoying it and so even though I did delete those apps I did keep some like Snapchat and YouTube and Snapchat I never had a problem with I don't find it that engaging anyway but things like YouTube I still find myself watching videos unnecessarily and so the way that I started to overcome this instead because I couldn't figure out a way to delete it from my phone um, was to install a separate app that restricts the amount of time you spend on it and I find this really helpful because sometimes you don't even realize how um, sort of empty-minded you are when you're watching these things and so when I get an alert that comes up that says you spent half an hour on this app it wakes me up a bit and makes me realize like oh yeah I have spent a lot of time on this and so I do find that quite helpful and I would invite um, any listeners who are also kind of struggling with disciplining themselves to social media to try and find some sort of solution to limit it somewhat because I think the benefits uh, really do sort of shine through when you do start to actually limit your use of it. Yeah, and this doesn't mean that you have to delete all of your profiles and accounts, but simply just take some some measures to discipline yourself and and cut back as you say you know it's 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 all about moderation this could be setting yourself a a curfew or deleting the apps that's also something something that I've done on my phone and found particularly helpful you know it all starts with just becoming aware and being mindful of your of your habits so that you can take action to to try and improve the the quality of your life basically and engage more in in the real world and less in the in the virtual one so I think on that note we will wrap up Uh, but thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week with a new episode bye for now